Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast, the silver episode, or the quadra centennial episode. That would be episode 25, San Diego's number one sports podcast network, that is the Believe podcast network. Wade's out, we had another host lined up who also couldn't make it, so I'm riding solo. Luckily, we're joined by a special guest. He's been doing these Zips projections at Fangraphs for the last eight years, the Padres projections have been released, so we'll be talking to him about that. But follow Fangraphs. Keep an eye out for all the other teams whose projections are being released. They come up sporadically. Got to get them clicks, just like anybody else. So we're going to get to that in a second. But first, this week's episode is brought to you by 8 Sleep. Let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers, and after tracking 43 million hours of sleep, it combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights. If you don't love it, they will refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches. They are going fast for a limited time. Get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro, that's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro, 8sleep.com slash pro. So it's Christmas season. It's uh, recording this on Christmas Eve Eve. So this will be the show for the week. Dan Zimborski. Let's get to the interview right now. Here he is. All right, welcome in now, senior writer for Fangraphs, ESPN contributor, Zips guru, nerd of the people, Dan Zimborski. Dan, welcome, and thank you so much for making some time tonight. Hey, Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Or today? <laughs> Pretty... It's still today where you are, isn't it? It's tonight uh, where I am. Yeah, it's, it's today. Yay now. Uh, well, actually, it's been raining here, which is really uncharacteristic, so it's been a little darker. Oh, so so I have nicer weather than, so it's December. Are, yeah. you, in, are, you, are you in San Diego? Yeah, I'm in San Diego. Okay, so it's December and I'm in Ohio, and my weather is nicer than the person who lives in San Diego. What was the high today? 60 and sunny. Ooh. All right, yeah. you know what? I, I wear you, shorts. I think you won today. I'm, it's like the one day out of the next 120 <laughs> I will win. So uh, mark that, I'm going to mark that down and remember that today, uh, December 23rd, 2019, Ohio had better weather than San Diego. <laughs> Uh, first question, this is a really important one. 
Trout's projection is Gryffindor, according to you. Oh, Play yeah. Splinter, low Babbitt. Pitcher's going to be Ravenclaw. Uh, Hufflepuff, low war ratios, low WA ratios. Where is the Slytherin? I didn't see the Slytherin. Uh, the Slytherin are players that have kind of a, ver- a wide error bars in their projections. I think of guys that could be evil or could be great because there's kind of that I know this is getting excessively nerdy, but there's kind of that Slytherin. Some of them are like really evil people, but some of them are heroic. Like, like, uh, like what's his face? Whose name I can't remember. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no, the, the, sorry, my mind's blank. The, 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 the guy, uh, uh, Alan Rickman, Snape, Snape. I can't oh. remember his name. <laughs> I Rickman. froze. Yeah. I, and I couldn't remember Alan Rickman's name either. I, I was just about to say die, die hard. <laughs> The German guy in Die Hard. Yeah, German guy. <laughs> um, Frost, okay. Frost. So is it weird that I, I would like Slytherin? Because for me, Gryffindor is just like too much of the goody two-shoes group. Oh, oh yeah. In anytime someone's asked what house I'm in, it, it, it it's Slytherin because I tend to be kind of sarcastic and kind of, I don't know, evil. Why do people think I'm evil? I don't know. But <laughs> So who's, who's like your favorite baseball player who would be Slytherin then? Oh, uh... Probably, of of current players, probably Michael Kopech, because he He's could be really he could be really. Uh, for the people who were confused by this whole thing, <laughs> I was bored last Christmas, and I actually used some cluster analysis to to actually have Zips project what houses, uh, that uh, of Hogwarts that players would be inducted to. In a I missed that. Game. That sounds amazing. Yeah that that's how that's how this happened. Um, it's kind of weird. So there's actually an option in Zips that I can check. And it'll also give me the readout for what Hogwarts house they're in. I'm going to have to go look that up later. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the things that you kind of can't believe you did until you're saying it out loud. And then and then you're telling someone on a podcast about this and you are a little concerned. <laughs> no, you, you live a great life, clearly, and you get to do some really fun projects. Um, leaving the Wizard, have you seen Star Wars yet? I have not. I'm seeing weird. I'm actually seeing that with my mom on Christmas, of all things. Wow, that's a that's an interesting idea. Um, I didn't even think about theaters being open on Christmas, but that seems like a pretty good time to do it. Yeah, because my sister's been out of town at her husband's place in uh, Colorado, uh, her husband's parents' place, and I've been and so we've been having Christmas with them at like a later date and hanging out with my mom on Christmas instead. Uh, and at some point, we started going to Cine Bistro and having essentially Christmas dinner at the movies. Uh, but it's 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 fun and and I I don't get too angry with my mom about doing things because we have a movie to distract us. So there's no chances of, you know, family trauma, which is also a holiday thing. Good. And I mean, there's some good basketball, too. on. So when you get back from the movies, throw some some basketball games on. I don't know if you're a basketball guy or not, but I'm not not as much as a baseball guy or a football guy, but I, I do enjoy it. But I'm just not an expert. So I just saw Star Wars a couple of days ago and. We're, we get to avoid the whole spoiler thing now, but uh, I will just tell you this. I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. I don't know if you are or not, but the movie I just like it, felt... But the, but the truth just, is, most of the Star Wars movies aren't very good. That's what. I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I go see them, but then I'm always just inevitably disappointed by the time I walk out of it. And this one just kind of holds form. It, it seemed like it was trying really hard to please a lot of the, the fans, and I think... I mean, the reviews all say this, too. It just kind of came up short. I mean, they're... They're, they're, the nine, they're the nine basic movies. There's Solo and Rogue One, and I guess there's the Star Wars Holiday Special. So Oof, yeah. you, you, you can say that there's like 12 
Star Wars movies. And how many of the Star Wars movies are actually good? I don't uh, think they've made a good one, one since the 80s. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's uh, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. and, like, the second half of the original and, like, the first third of a Return of the Jedi until Ewoks start <laughs> until Ewoks appear. Yeah, uh, rewatching that first Star Wars movie, uh, retroactively named A New Hope. Man, the first half of that movie is slow. I don't know if you've watched it recently. Yeah, that's that's why I say the second half. People, I mean, it was great for the time and effects wise, and it was you know revolutionary. But not everything revolutionary is actually you know good. Yeah, uh, it's it it, it it's kind of sad. Um, I mean, it's I'm slightly too young to have seen them originally because. Uh, I'm 41, so I was born in 1978, so I didn't see the originals until I was, like, a little kid. Uh, so, so I don't quite have the... See, I told you I'd get you off, off, off something very quickly. <laughs> well, I had the I had the, Har- the Harry Potter question <laughs> lined up. I really wanted the answer to that, and then I wanted to ask you about Star Wars, and you know what? Nerd culture is all interconnected anyway, so... Um, Enjoy yeah. Star Wars. I'll, uh, you'll probably enjoy it. It's visually, it's really fun. Yeah, I, I don't expect a masterpiece, so it's fine. I just want to see some things get resolved, even if they get resolved in a sucky way. Mm. And I just and I, you know, I want to see some explosions and some sa- lightsabers fighting. That's yeah. all I ask. I just, no nothing like no cute little Jar Jar things. I mean, the the robot uh, that looks like a snowman whose name I always forget, BB-8 or yeah, something like that. That's fine. He's not. He's not. Jar like Jar Jar Ewoks. There's no Ewoks, is there? Are there? No. Okay. Because I heard there were a lot of callbacks to previous things. I was a little worried that one of the callbacks to things was the Ewoks. Well, there are there are lots of call. You want me to just give you one oh, little I know, thing? Just no, no, you know, don't, don't have anything. Just okay. Assure me that there are no Ewoks. I have to confirm that right now. Okay. Yeah, you have to confirm. Are there Ewoks? They're, they show one image of an Ewok. Okay, but but they don't ruin anything. They don't. They don't show... do anything in the story. No, they, okay. but they do. They don't they have do... Ewoks setting like a like a, a snare for Kylo Ren to be picked up in, and they start beating him with sticks or something. They don't. No, do that. there's there's Ewoks just like looking fondly off into the distance, like happy. <laughs> okay, and and you swear that on Fernando Tatis Jr.'s life. Whoa, that's that's a big ask, but um, yes, I'm I'm comfortable. Okay, I, I want to ensure since you're a Padres fan, I want to ensure truthfulness. You got. That's you got the best it. way to do it. I mean, if I, I mean, I could, I could wish it like on Eric Hosmer's life, but I don't know if I'm going to be, if, if if that would be enough. No, I'd be okay if we put him on a barge out to out to sea and never saw him again. Yeah. So, you're you're right on there. Yeah, um, that is a loophole in contracts. If if they're away <laughs> on an ice flow, they 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 go on the uh, the restricted list. The whole contract is void if we can capture him onto a, a, an ice flow well, somewhere. Well, the trick is you don't have to. If he he can't know that, no one can know that the Padres did that. Mm. It's just oh, he didn't show up for spring training. <laughs> I guess I guess he's on the ineligible list. Uh, that'd be that'd mean that would make my. That, I'm going to be dreaming about that tonight. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean it's. I mean, you could give him some food and like a spear to spear penguins to eat or whatever. His his spear tosses would go straight into the ground. He he couldn't get enough uh, elevation uh, on the spear tosses. Oh, uh, not enough launch angle. <laughs> Bad launch angle. Negative launch angle on the spear tosses. Oh. Let's let's do some uh, baseball nerdy stuff. I think we hit enough of the sci-fi stuff <laughs> for one for one month at least. Um, talking about zips, you're the zips guy at Fangraphs. We all know that. I check zips semi frequently. I'm just kind of always wondering where guys are projected to go because it's the off season. That's all we have right now. Um, I always wondered where Zips projections, and you kind of talked about this a little bit in your posts, um, either on Twitter or on on Fangraphs, the site itself. 
But where do you come up with the the plate appearances projections and how does Zips go about calculating that? Is that just kind of normalizing everyone on the same field to get a full season's worth of stats so you can tell what they would get if they played full time or or how do you get those numbers? Well, I, I I designed Zips to be completely agnostic about who gets playing time. And that that's essentially by design because when I think about how I want to use a computer to I mean, Zips, the, the the projection system goes through a ton of data, and I have to ask, what's a more interesting use of a computer? To go through data and tell me how good a player is, or to go through a ton of data and tell me who will in fact play? And I don't really need a computer for the latter. That seems kind of an odd use of a computer. I don't need to tell a computer, computer, who will start for first <laughs> base for the Padres in 2020? I don't, I could, yeah, that's going to be Eric Hosmer, no matter what, pretty much, uh, so... I don't need a computer to tell me, and and say someone like Taylor, Taylor Trammell. He's unlikely to play in the majors in 2020, unless he blows through the minors. Let's just say there's a 90% chance he doesn't play in the majors in mm-hmm. 2020. What What's a more interesting projection to spit out? What a computer feels how Trammell would play right now in the majors, or zero? I mean, projection, zero batting average, zero on base percentage, zero slugging. I mean, does that tell you information? And I don't think it does. So essentially, it just tells you, oh, he won't play in the majors. And that's that seems the weird thing to do when you have all that data. Say, how good is Taylor Trammell right now? And right now, he's not that good. He's got a lot of growth ahead of him, hopefully. Uh, but I think that's useful. And the way Zips calculates the playing time is it uses past playing time, more weighted to recently, uh, uses position, uh, uses uh, the age, uh, and it does have some rudimentary injury information in there. So it knows when a player has missed a year of Tommy John surgery, what years back look like playing time-wise and adjusts for that. So you shouldn't, people shouldn't say, oh, look, Zips thinks that there'll be 12,000 plate appearances by batters. Like, no, no, Zips doesn't. Uh, these are just the players that Zips thinks could theoretically play in the majors and how they would do. And, uh, and in a sense, the, the playing time is almost meaningless. I mean, I, I reshuffle it. To, to do depth charts when I project the actual season, because uh, I know that, you know, uh, that, well, Ian Kinsler's retired now. Well, I certainly know he's not going to get any at-bats now. Uh, uh, but, we can hope not. Yeah, well, I, I he didn't get that bad a projection. Let's, let's, let's put it this way. He didn't project that much worse than Hosmer did. Well, that's not exactly saying much, Dan. <laughs> oh. See, you could have taken it in a kind way. But no. Ah. Especially when, I mean, I've Kinsler, I've soured on Kinsler so much. I mean, I, back before he was on the Padres and when he, in his, in his heyday, I loved the guy, especially for fantasy. I would always try to get him. And then this year, once he yelled, uh, I mean, are you, are you familiar with his, uh, fuck you, fuck all of you to the fans after a home run? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Ever, ever since that, I just can't, I can't be on team Kinsler. Like it's just, um, he's too easy to hate now. It's, it's too fun. Yeah. I, I, I did think it was a good pickup by the Padres. I, I felt that they probably used him a little too much early. I thought of him more as a fallback position, and I wanted to see more Urias. Uh, but, of course, that is uh, behind us now. Yeah, and uh, we're not going to go through every single guy. You, you do uh, projections for the whole you know 40-man roster and extended, right? There's more than um, – how yeah, many guys a, would you say? Oh, I did like 80, I think. Usually it's between 80 a team. I do, you know, the majors – uh, well, first I start with the 40-man roster. Then I do kind of everyone who's still like AAA or AA and has appeared in AA. Okay. Then I do hitting prospects that have at least hit in the A-ball. 
Uh, and then I do, you know, players that were minor league free agents that haven't resigned. Uh, and then I use, you know, and our non-roster invitees. It's a, just a whole big ball of, and you know, sometimes I miss guys up yeah, here and there, and I have to because uh, this this organizational structure isn't that organized. Let's just say. Yeah, there's there's lots of um, versatility. There's lots of guys that are fighting for positions, and I don't know how you if you even have the rankings right in front of you or where you would um, or yeah, how I, the projections are for these these guys, but. Do you, who would you start at second base or who do you think has the best um, or the the most likely to have the best season at second base between Profar, Cronenworth and Ty France? Uh, I like I like France and Cronenworth. I think that Profar you obviously gets first dibs because uh, you, you, you look at his 2019. He had two eighteen batting average on balls in play, I believe. Uh, and that that level of BABIP uh, is never real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people will say, oh, Dan, what if he really is a 218 BABIP guy? I'm like, no, he's not. He might be a 250 BABIP guy, or he might be a 240 BABIP guy. But, I mean, you remember Randy Johnson, right? Mm, yeah. Did, did you ever get to see Randy Johnson batting? Uh, I have vague memories of it. <laughs> okay, he looked, he, he stood at the plate. He looked like, he looked like Lurch from the Adams family on Quaaludes. Right. He kind of flailed at pitches. He had a 230-something batting average on balls in play. Uh as, as hitting as a pitcher for his career, and no no major league player who at least can play at the major league level at some ability level is going to be a worse hitter at putting the ball in play than Randy Johnson is. Uh, I would think that's, that's hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, pitchers as a group are between usually between two twenty and about two thirty five, uh, depending on the year. Uh, for Babip, so no real legitimate hitter who can hit the ball with any kind of force is going to be worse than that as an ability. So yeah, you see a guy with a 250 Babip, yeah, that might be a real thing. You see a guy with like a 190 or a 210 or 220, it isn't. And even with his low betting average on balls in play, I I can't just keep saying Babip. I'm gonna sound it's gonna the word's gonna lose all meaning. We love um, Babip here. We're Babip, big Babip people. Babip, yeah, it's but even <laughs> even with his Babip, he still had a 700 OPS. So let's say you add 40 points to that. That's 80 points of OPS, even if it's all singles. So, you know, I mean, you're already talking like a 340-450 season. Do you have a, a dog or a cat or a pet of any kind? I have four cats. Any of them named Babip? No. That's, I mean, that, that's something to consider going forward. I think that's a great name for a pet, Babip. I'd have to explain batting average of balls and play to anyone in my house, though. You could do Z-War, Babip. Oh, yeah. My, Dakota. My, 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 yeah, like like the law firm in the... Uh, Parks and, Rec. In the Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah I, was, hey. I was sad I didn't make it though. I, I, he, and Eckstein. Well, Eckstein was in there. Yeah, next time. But yeah, Mike Sure is not going to be on my Christmas card list. <laughs> I, uh, I think Zips would have been a good name for a lawyer. Zips for sure. Yeah. Um, the other area where I think it is open for um, you know some guy to emerge and kind of take control of the position is catcher. So some form of or some combination of Mejia Hedges. Torrens zips doesn't really project out too well and Austin Allen's gone now. And I think Luis, Luis Camposano is not ready yet. How do you feel about yeah. the catcher position going forward? I'm actually pretty comfortable with the catcher position. I think it would be a, it's a good Camara. Uh, Mejia, I mean, his, his, his bats developing. He's, he's not as far ahead, obviously defensively hedges. I mean, he doesn't really hit, but there's strong evidence that he's adding real value with his glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, his frame numbers have been consistently, well above average uh and well i mean you you 
you expect some regression towards the mean with with frame numbers. There's a lot of uncertainty around them. Uh, and long term, say 20 years from now, we're probably going to not have that same level of frame numbers because I expect robot balls and strikes to be a thing. But I, right now, he's adding real value. And I don't think there's a problem having a Mejia and Hedges time split. Um, I, I think it would be an average or a better than above, a, or not better than above average, a better or above average uh, combination. I, 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 I think that it's it would be nice if one of them would take control of the job, but it's not a necessity. And if they both work out, I mean, it's not going to be hard trading a good young catcher. Uh, so I think it's it's the, the Padres really don't have a lot to fret about. Uh, I mean, there's some things that are a concern, some things that could be better, but it's it, catcher certainly isn't a concern for me right now. What do you think about this idea? Um, carry three catchers on the 26-man roster. You start Mejia is like the full-time guy who's getting the majority of starts, and then seventh, eighth inning when he's not due up in the lineup, you bring in Hedges as like the closing catcher. It's not a bad idea. I mean, defensive replacements have always been a thing. Uh, you you could also, as time goes on, see which pictures you know most comfortable with which catcher, hmm. because you don't need. You can have. There's nothing that says that one of them has to start 120 games, and the other has to start 40 games. I mean, really, you can go with picture comfort for a level because I mean. If you have two guys who are legitimate starters, even if not superstars, having a picture that's comfortable with each of them, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I, w- I would hope so. Um, so with guys like Gore and Patino, who are both still very young, they, they just got their feet wet barely at AA last year with um, – I think Patino actually had better success than Gore did even in his little um, showcase at AA. Zips still projects them pretty optimistically. I think you said if they averaged – 200 innings like they'd be like a three war or something yeah um, zips which is, loves them yeah that's and outstanding zips, zips, zips doesn't really i mean zips doesn't have a history of you know loving you know single a and double a pictures it's it really likes how both of them performed against the competition uh i mean you look at patino uh, i mean he was 19 uh mm-hmm. when he did i mean he just turned 20 i think this month or last month or so, yeah. sometime recently he he very, very recently, he's he's turned to, and he was doing well in the California League. I mean, the California League uh, isn't quite the silly ball league that it used to be. I mean, the ERA was down around four, as opposed to you know, AAA leagues with the silly ball went nuts. Uh, but he was good in a level at a at a level where a lot of pitchers that age are still you know playing in the Sally League. <laughs> it's nuts. So, do you think they make? some kind of impact by the end of this year. And I mean, I think most people are already assuming Gore kind of does, but do you, you think we see Patino at the end of the season and you think he's good? I think, I think he will be good when they, when they uh, get him up. I, I do think that they're going to continue to be cautious with Patino. I think that the team would like them to blow through the minors, but isn't going to necessarily uh, just, you know, rush him at top speed. Uh, mm. I think Gore is probably more likely to be rushed a little more, uh, uh, but I, 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 I don't think that they're going to be super, super urgent, and not you ne- shouldn't necessarily be because there is still some risk involved in any pitching prospect. Yeah, for sure, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm comfortable moving pitchers quickly is because arms you never know how long they're going to last, and if he's if they're dominating the level that they're at, there's kind of no harm in you know moving them along quickly, and like unlike with hitters where Maybe you want them to get them experience over full season against AAA pitching if they're really young. But pitchers, if they, if they have the the right stuff, you know, why not let it fly? And Gore has a, 
pretty good repertoire. He's not a two-pitch guy. So I, I think that he is probably the one they want to be more aggressive with. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, if you're, we talked about Hosmer a little bit. We're going to get into Hosmer, Hosmer right now. <laughs> if you were the Padres, or if you were running the Padres, realistically, what would you do with him? At a position that traditionally profiles as a really high-impact offensive player, he's definitely not that. And they'll be lucky to get, um, according to you, 1.1, was that Z-War or just F-War out of him? Um, it, it, it's it's Z-War, but it's pretty close to Fangraph's War. I mean, there are a few differences in the way I do things. I tend to give DHs a little more credit because there's evidence that healthy players playing DH hit a little worse. Yeah. Uh, I tend to be... I use FIP heavily when I project ERA, uh, but I use... The ERA has already regressed towards FIP, so that's kind of... The run allowed is kind of the base uh, because I've already kind of adjusted for a lot of these things. Okay. Uh, so it, it it tends to be... Between baseball reference and fangraphs wars in in methodology, kind of like it'll it'll just land in the middle quite a lot, especially because I use multiple defensive measures, not just UZR, because fangraphs uses UZR in defense, not uh, DRS. So, uh, yeah. uh, so so for that reason, Zips tends to be in the middle. I don't publish them as we get towards the season because we probably don't need another war hanging around to confuse people. But <laughs> I already have it, and it. It's built into Zip, so that's the one I spit out, and that I don't have to have complete uniformity with with Fangraphs predicted park effects for 2020. Well, any um, wars, it doesn't matter. Just give me give me a war with a letter in front of it, and I'm happy. Um, <laughs> it's Z or F or R. It, it's just the Padres are trying to win right right now, clearly, and over the next few years is going to be their window. Um, and so he's just were, a, he's just kind of a black hole at first base. Like, what would you do with him? Well, first, were you a Guar fan? Oh uh, what? The, there was a heavy metal. There's a heavy metal band named Guar. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, because you said anything. You said anything before War. So well, maybe I'll ask. check them out. Uh, yeah, not really my cup of tea, but a lot of people did like them at the time a long time ago when I was a kid. Oh god. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm 41. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm 31. So. Yeah, I'm. You see, it used to be. It, it, it's been tough because uh, Dave Cameron and I we used to be the young guys of Sabermetrics. Uh, we were teenagers when we sort of kind of got into it in the mid-90s with all those people that you see, you know, the, the original BP crowd, Sean Foreman, Voris McCracken, all them. So we were the young guys, but we're not the young guys anymore. Dave's uh, like a year and a half younger than me, but I mean, I'm 41, and I'm like seeing whole generations after me now. So it's 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 hard to get used to that, let's just say. Uh, <laughs> For sure. I kind of got off topic, but Hosmer. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Zips does project 1.1 war, which would be an improvement over both his first two seasons. So that's something. And you're, mean, that's that's enough for you. Is a is your starting first base? What would oh, you want to? I well, it's it's hard now to to find a, a starting first base. But you know, I'd probably just start France there. But yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't think as long as Hosmer's paid forever. I, get, uh, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess I, if you mean by running the team. Am I the yeah. GM of the team or do I own the team? What, whatever it takes to get something done. Like whatever. I, so You're I the GM it, with total control. At this point, I would eat as much as I could get just to get out of some of that contract. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be a plus for the team. And I think that having him on the team is worse than paying someone to have him because he's not a guy who has a lot of positional flexibility. Uh, Will Myers is also kind of a drag on the roster. 
But Will Myers also has some use because he can play both corners. He can fake center field. He can fake third base. Uh, he probably, given some time, could fake first base just fine uh, mm-hmm. long term. I I think that Hosmer is more of a problem than than Myers is just because it's even with a 26-man roster, it's hard in a day of, you know, eight-man bullpens to carry a backup first baseman pinch hitter who doesn't really hit all that well. Um, I would try to move that contract by any means necessary. It's it's essentially a total loss at this point. And the question the Padres have to ask themselves is like, okay, we've lost this money. This money is already gone. So what makes the Padres better? Is it Hosmer starting at first base or is it Hosmer not on the team or is it Hosmer on the bench? And I think that off the team in some way is probably the best result. Now, right now, it, after a lot of players have already signed, it's a little hard to replace him, but I would definitely be looking in the next year or so to try to find the long-term solution at first base. That was always my problem with teams that ended up paying a guy like an Albatross contract where he's he's an older veteran, you're paying him a ton of money, he's clearly not as good as he used to be, so I'm thinking like Albert Pujols. Um, and the team just keeps playing him, Like, and the, the, the thing they say is, well, we're paying them a lot of money. Like, what are we going to do with them? Well, okay. You can also, you can pay them a lot of money and that hurts your team. And then he's costing you wins on the field. So he's hurting your team twice. Like, yeah, it's if, throwing, you, if you it's throwing get rid of the second part bad. of that. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. It, it's throwing good money after bad. You're throwing, you already have a bad contract, but now you're also hurting your actual team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but cause people are like, well, they can't just eat the money. Like, no, they're eating that money. The money is gone. <laughs> It's, it's um, not coming back. It's not like the odds of him becoming a star hitting every ball into the ground. He's like slow Willie Mays Hayes. Do you think you think in a couple of years he's somehow Prowler's found a way to get him off the team? It's going to be hard. Uh, yeah. And the opt out was always going to be terrible because mm. essentially if Hosmer worked out, it was a five year contract. If it didn't work out, he was an eight year contract. Uh, people were trying to tell me like why that was a good thing for the Padres. I'm like, no, that's that's not a good thing for the Padres. So, what what areas of the team do you think you're most bullish on, and where do you think they're being held back, other than first base? In first base, they're being held back. I think the offense is really good because once you get past Hosmer, then the weakest positions are probably center, catcher, right field. But I don't really have a problem with any of those positions. I think they could use one more starting pitcher uh, because you know. The guys they have on the team, there, there's a question. There's some question about all of them to some degree. I mean, Paddock, of course, is an ability. It's, you know, how will he do throwing 180 innings? Uh, I guess there's no Lucchese uh, question. Uh, he's pretty uh, straightforward. But, I mean, Garrett Richards, uh, he, I mean, he's been injured for years, essentially. Uh, Lament, I mean, he is coming off a significant injury. A lot of questions, um, yeah, both those guys. And uh, Kyle Davies, it's it's like, how good is Kyle Davies? Mm. And so there, there's, there's significant questions, uh, and I think, did I call him Kyle Davies? Did you? Yeah. I think I did. <laughs> Zach Davies. I, like, no, no, I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I hope Kyle Davies isn't starting. Uh, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> yeah, I just realized I, was, I wasn't I was saying Zach Davies, I was saying Kyle Davies. Uh, you don't want to be starting Kyle Davies. <laughs> I guess that question is why they signed someone who hasn't been in baseball for like eight years. So, uh, Zach Davies, there, there, I mean, there's a question on how good he is. I, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, but, I mean, he did have a FIP, uh, a run worse than his ERA or so. 
Uh, so, I mean, it's he's not someone who's like guaranteed to be, you know, a two, two and a half win player. I, I so I do think that they could use another starter. I would have I would have liked to see Keiko. I would have liked to see Keiko last year. I, I would have liked to see him even more when you don't have a draft pick attached to him. Um, so I, that is, that is Keiko's a lot of money. That's the only reason I didn't want Keiko last year, especially because he was holding out for a ton of money. And I was like, what? Who does he think he is? Like, what are we not? We're not paying. Yeah, um, yeah. I would I wouldn't pay five hundred for him. Yeah, uh, but I think what he gets is is, is fine. I think. The Padres are close enough to contention that another picture would have been valuable. But even if not, Keiko, I would like to see another starting picture uh, to add depth. It's better to have too much starting pitching than too little. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they've needed one top of the rotation guy. Um, I think they have a lot of like three, four, five guys in a rotation. I think they need one more. Yeah, Ryu um, would have been fun too, but Ryu's yeah. gone now. Um I don't think pottery fans were too upset about that though. Twenty million dollars a season. I think um, I think we were okay spending that money elsewhere. It, it, it's it's tricky though, like because you look at who's left, and then it gets way less exciting. Because then, mm-hmm. then you're then you're talking, you know, Homer Bailey, and you're thinking, oh, please, please, no, no. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll pass I, on I, Bailey. I know he was fine last year, but I don't have a lot of faith in uh, Homer Bailey. Uh, has Ivan <laughs> Nova signed anywhere? I can't remember. There were a whole bunch of signings. I don't think he did. He wouldn't really do anything for me either, though, to be honest. Uh, okay, well, I mean, we're not talking about... At this point, we're not talking about wonderful players. No. So I don't know what really more they can do at this point. All right, we will get you out of here on this. You've got a, a beautiful Ohio night to go enjoy. Don't want to keep you too long. Um, who would you take if you were starting a team today, Soto, Acuna, or Tatis? Oh, Tatis. Give me the guy who plays shortstop. I love Soto. I gave him bonkers projections. I love Acuna. Tatis is the shortstop. Give me the shortstop. I'm, I've been continuously surprised everybody. I'm very proud of you for taking Tatis, first of all. But your guy, Jason Collette, who asked the same question to Soto. And then over at Baseball America, Kyle Glazer is also Soto. Okay, well, thought... they can, well, see, they can, have so- they can fight over Soto and I can have Tatis. So then there's no fighting. I'm, I'm very proud. I mean, so uh, we saw the what Tatis can do last year and he played only half the games. He was amazing. And yeah, Soto, he, I, I accuse both those guys of recency bias because of the, the world series and Trent Grisham overruns a ball. And then we're not having this conversation if he, if he doesn't overrun that ball. Yeah. I was disappointed. I, I couldn't, if Tatis had 20 more games, he would have gotten my vote for the rookie of the year. Cause I was, that mm. was the award I voted for this year. Uh, 20 more games. I would have gotten him over Alonzo uh, and Soroka, but I just couldn't do it with 80 because he was better, a better player on a per game basis than either Alonzo or Soroka, but he needed just a little more playing time so I could justify it. So I was very disappointed because I really was hoping to vote him for for uh, Rookie of the Year, but I it, I just yeah, I had to vote him third. I totally understand that second stint on the IL really, I think cost him. Um, if, yeah. he, if he stayed healthy, I think he, it was his award to win, even though yeah. Alonzo in New York was going to make things really difficult with those biased uh, East coast riders. And, and the, and the best news is uh, I, I was kind of worried that if the Padres uh, had their breakthrough season in 2019, they would have done them in the old uniforms, the generic mm. blue. And I kind of want, to look back at 20 years at, at the breakout of the Padres and have him properly wearing, you know, mustard. Dan, yes. You're back. All, all, all Padre uniforms 
you should be able to describe them in terms of type of mustard. You say, okay, that's that's Dijon and spicy brown, and and that's a proper Padre uniform. I mean, I grew up with you know yellow and brown uh, Padres uniforms, and also the Brewers are going back to the you know the yellow and blue the proper glove logo. So those look pretty every, nice, yeah. So so everything's coming out winning from a from a clothing standpoint. When you turn on a Padre game, you should be able to tell immediately that it's the like, you see brown and yellow. That's the Padres when you turn yeah. on a baseball game. And it's cool to have a color scheme that is identifiable with your team. You see, you know, you see the the, the hunter green and gold. You know, that's the A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you see brown and yellow. It, sh- it should be the Padres. You see, you know, the the '80s rainbow gear. You know, that's the Astros. <laughs> Or the old uh, Hawaii uh, University of Hawaii football team, the, the yeah, fighting, yeah, the Rainbow Warriors, yeah, Rainbow um, Warriors, the, the fighting rainbows. I mean, <laughs> Rainbow Warriors. <laughs> that would be a great, actually, that would be a great mascot name, the Fighting Rainbows. I'm gonna have to remember that one. Yeah, I, I like you, it too. The more I hear you, it, you have like this thuggish rainbow as a mascot, just like beating up other mascots. <laughs> rainbows like, underrated. Like, you think they're kind of sissy, but then every time you see one, what do you do? You stop and you stop whatever you're doing to look at it. They're amazing. But you see, because I mean, I think of it this way. I mean, rainbows are essentially made of the sun. Uh, yeah. Because the sun is going to destroy everything we've ever accomplished <laughs> someday. That is, I mean, people will look at the sun as a not bad mascot. The set, anything sun related is a complete badass mascot. So you like it's the Phoenix like, Suns then? Yeah, it's a dangerous mascot. Uh, I mean, people say like, you know, bears are mean. It's like, <laughs> you think a bear can defeat the sun? It's going to turn the earth when it goes into the red into the red giant mode. It's going to incinerate everything that ever existed on Earth. Like that is that is the ultimate bad guy mascot. He, the sun is such a badass that it doesn't even have to fight you to win. It could just turn off and still yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that that's how badass the sun is. People say, oh, the, the the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, the sun isn't dangerous. Like, oh yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, Dan, really fun talking to you. You answered all those questions correctly. I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much. For coming on, we're gonna have to get you back on later in the season. Follow him at D Zimborski. Are you working on anything right now that we need to keep an eye out for? Um, I'm finishing up the Zips projections, obviously. Yeah, right? finishing up Zips, finishing up the LG series. I have five more teams to to go live as I kind of do the last review of 2019. Uh, that that's what I'm working on right now. I, well, there'll be more stuff in the new year once more news starts happening. Uh, but this should be the a slow part for a few weeks where I can crank out these fun things. Awesome. Well, enjoy Star Wars and uh, have a good break too. Yeah, you have a good one as well. Thank you so much again to Dan. He's a really good follow. He's a funny guy. Nerdy guy. If you like nerdy baseball stuff or just nerd culture in general, he's a fun guy. Really enjoyed talking to him. Before we end the show, I am so hot. It's incredible. Um, I won another game last week, even though we didn't have the podcast last week. My gambling account at least noticed that I won last week. That pushes me to 7-0 over my last seven weeks. I had Baltimore... Um, it was crazy that Baltimore was favored by only 10 points at Cleveland. Um, they got a nice little backdoor cover, but Hey, backdoor covers count. Wade is in hiding. He's missed his last four picks. His season is in shambles. Luckily for him, it's almost over. And this week, this is free money. I mean, the lines are out early right now. So you got plenty of time to jump on this. I'm not overthinking this one. Big favorites have been hitting pretty consistently all year for me. And I'm looking at Kansas city at home, given eight points against the chargers Give me that all day. Kansas City is playing for a first round buy still. So I think they're very interested in winning this game. Their defense has been playing really well the last few weeks. Mahomes looks more like Mahomes than he did a few weeks ago. Um, coming back from that injury, he looks great. There's no reason, there's no way this is a one score game in Kansas City. 
Give me the Chiefs minus the eight, and we're going to end the regular season on a crazy 8-0 run heading into the postseason. So there's your free money for the week. Thank you for listening to the podcast and our interview with Dan Samborski. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, that too. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, you know, all the places you get podcasts. You listen to the podcast, so you know where they are. You can also find them at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. That's on Twitter. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns. Rate the show on all the platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I'm Ryan Hart. Happy Christmas. Merry Hanukkah. Whatever else you're celebrating. Maybe Festivus. We'll see you guys after the holidays. One year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. Oh, God. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. I'm sorry, Clark. This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son. If you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.